Ever wonder what it's like being in a band that releases music on your own record label, which happens to also be one of the all-time best underground and hard rock labels on the globe? We'll find out now as we chat with Mirror Queen guitarist, vocalist, and TP Records owner, Kenny Siegel, right here on Aftershock. Shocks Tremors, we're back with another episode, and we've got a really cool one for you folks today, as our guest is not only the guitarist vocalist for New York's 70s proto-inspired outfit, Mirror Queen, but he's also the head honcho at one of the Hard Rock's most iconic independent record labels, TP Records. Mr. Kenny Siegel, a.k.a. Kenny Kreiser, joins us today. What's up, Kenny? How are you, man? Thanks for coming on. Yep. Glad to join you. Got a pretty Absolutely. day, the beginning of summer, right? Absolutely. That's right, man. Yeah. Right in the middle of middle. Early July here, we're getting ready to kick off things. Absolutely, man. Well, well, let's get to it, Kenny, man. Mirror Queen, you guys just put out your brand-new full-length, Inviolate. It's out now on TP. band's fourth LP, first one in five years. And, um, you know, for anyone who's obviously a fan of the band, they're definitely going to notice there's definitely some some sonic differences between Inviolate and the band's previous releases, and we'll get into that in just a minute. But, you know, first, let's discuss a bit about the recording of the record, which... I read was, you know, I read it was like a lot of records that are coming out now. It was a pandemic delayed record. Um, and the interesting thing about Mirror Queen is that you guys wrote a song in 2015 called Quarantined. I don't know if that has any, if that's clairvoyant in any way or something. But I mean, you know, so did you guys have the record done and ready by around 2020? Talk about uh, the record and how good it feels to okay. finally get it out there right now. Yeah, it was nearly done. Um and then we just kind of delayed the final polishing touches because we knew there was no tours coming up, you know? Mm -hmm. So I remixed the title track. We actually expanded the track, made it longer, um, and tinkered in the studio a little bit. Okay. Uh, I, I tend to do things in stages. We tend to put down basic tracks, like three songs, then we finish those, and we practice the next batch, and then we kind of progress that way. In this case, we were pretty much to the mixing stage. But then since we had the time, there was no hurry to put it out. Mm -hmm. We did a little bit of tinkering, but nothing too much. It's a pretty uh, straightforward record, not a whole ton of overdubs or anything like that. Mm -hmm. you know, it's just pretty much life got in the way, and then we knew there was no touring. So. Sure. 
yeah. waiting on the yeah. artwork. Also knew that uh, production would take forever to get the mm-hmm. vinyl pressed. You know how that that's is. true. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. So not a total pandemic record in that it wasn't written and recorded completely during the pandemic, but it was affected. Okay, very cool. Well, you know, as I as I mentioned earlier, there's I I hear a big difference on the the sound on this record compared to your previous releases in terms of the style. I think one of the, you know I think one of the best attributes really too to Mirror Queen is that each album you guys have put out over the years is very different. I mean, they're all in the same vernacular, but there's always differences. I feel that really keep things fresh. And on this record, one of the biggest things I noticed is that there's very little to no sort of sabbath stoner rock inspired riffs or anything like that on the record to me it's really sort of a progressive proto sort of new wave of british heavy metal inspired yeah. record um you know boc ufo captain beyond that kind of For style sure. that's yeah. definitely there uh, yeah. i mean the very beginning of a track on side one uh devil seeks control that, that's pretty sabbathy uh but probably the the difference is that there's the first time where we've had the same lineup for two records in a row okay so Morgan McDaniel joined for kind of an overlooked record. We did Vertigree 2017. Mm-hmm. And uh, he and I pretty much share all the main songwriting duties. We all chip in, you know. Mm-hmm. But whoever comes up with the, the core of the the kernel of the tune, we're pretty 50-50 on that. And now two records in a row with Morgan being full-fledged. Mm-hmm. So, so to me, that's probably the, the key. The key. Okay. And knowing what we're doing a little bit more. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure, it makes sense. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Well, let's we're talk. Getting little, we're getting a little proggier, I think. Mm-hmm. But poppier yeah. mm-hmm. as well. So, absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say there are some subtle yeah. pop elements in those, in those some of those tracks too. Now, vocally, you know, on this record, uh, very well balanced in terms of you know when you go high, when you go low on, on your parts. Yeah, like for instance, on some of the less metallic tracks, like "Inside an Icy Light" and "See Tranquility." Vocals have more of that Buck Dharma vibe, being a little bit higher and lighter in pitch and tone. Whereas I think on tracks like, you know, my favorites, which you just mentioned before, The Devil Seas Control and A Rider on the Rain, really has more of that deeper Rod Evans sort of edge to it, a lot more gruff. So talk about how you go about approaching your vocals on how it fits in each song or what it calls for. I mean, do you know going into each track what you're going to do vocally, or do you sort of experiment to see what fits before you make that decision? Experiment in the in the uh, practice studio, and then pretty much bang it out um, recording studio. But mm. again, if you if you don't like clean vocals, you're gonna you're gonna hate us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah, we have no ambition to be heavy or even aggressive, to be honest. Um, mm. I like to say that me and Morgan and the guys we have massive uh, virtual record collections, mm. so we just toss everything in there. And okay. Lately, for this band, it's tending to be more prog and album kind of stuff and 70s of course we're not retro mm-hmm. i would take umbrage if someone said we were <laughs> sure no nah, yeah so that's more to be fashion than it is music mm-hmm. uh, or retro i agree uh, but we're, yeah we're digging in what what works and uh and, and the pop sense you know kind of keeps it uh clean we're, we might have funny arrangements but uh there can often be identifiable verse and chorus you know what i mean mm-hmm. just in heavy rock sometimes uh you think another chorus is coming up you run to a guitar solo. Yeah. <laughs> you change. You know, that's how I like. You throw them off, yeah. You know? So there's your uh, gap beyond and BOC and all that, you know. Sure. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And Let's talk- really, we really adore a lot of the prog bands. Uh, Wishbone Ash has, you know, they're not super prog, but mm-hmm. clean vocals. And uh, we're nuts about Camel. And that's very, very clean. Mm-hmm. And there, there are melodic pop arrangements hidden in all that prog, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. 
Yeah, Probably absolutely. Probably the same stuff that Maiden listened to, but we're just, uh, we haven't gone into the metal realm as much. You know? Sure, yeah. No, here. I Well, there's still some, I mean, you can definitely still hear some, you know, uh, Maiden's, you know, influence yeah. here and there, a little bit here and there. Not, you know, I know over the place, but some, there's some elements in there. Yeah. 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 Again, I think it's just looking back instead of Maiden having only, you know, 20 years of real electric guitar rock to look back on, or even if they were sneaking to bars in 1973, like five years of heavy rock, mm -hmm. we have decades to pick and choose and throw it into the pot, you know? True. So a lot of their influences are the same, and I thought the 80s sucked, so. <laughs> <laughs> Except for early 80s, so. Uh, for, heavy, for heavy rock, you know, then. And if grunge, I'm not sure if there's any influence of that in here. I think Morgan's too young. The rest of the guys don't give a shit. Uh, mm -hmm. I caught a lot of guitar bands in the 90s. I was glad it was back, but mm -hmm. I'm not sure where the influence might be popping up. I'm sure it's there somewhere, you know? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about Morgan real quick. You, you've been yeah. bringing him up. You know, um, as I was alluding to earlier, the band's sound really has progressed, I think, since he came into the fold, you know, for the last two records. Sure. It's definitely taking you guys from, you know, maybe more of a stoner based band to something entirely unique now with what I've heard over the last two records. So talk about his addition and you know how important he's been not only to the band sound, but really to you as the vocalist too, and being yeah. the other guitar player, how is it having a guy like that who can do what he can do in the guitar? How easier does it make it for you to focus on your, what you need to do obviously up there on stage? Yeah, pretty easy. I think we're in sync stylistically, even though he's like 20 years younger. Uh -huh. uh, he's from here. New York, I mean, not Milford. Sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming to you people from Milford, Pennsylvania right now. You might have missed the prelude. Uh, so he's from New York. Um, he's had family that's been in 80s and 90s bands. I think he has an uncle that was in Prong and maybe even Helmet for a little bit. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, then things kind of go in cycles, I believe. So he, like me, has no sense of irony. <laughs> so we take it to the past. We're not trying to turn upside down or take the piss, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so he really loves BOC, and he's even guitar tech for them, you know? Oh, wow. Okay. Things like that. So he's immersed in New York, uh, super talented young guitar player. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there is, like, a, you can see it in the, in, the, in the audiences, too, especially in Europe. There's a new breed of people that are into, not older rock, that'd be the retro thing I'm talking about, but older styles are just mixing it all together, you know? Mm -hmm. and they don't, there's no irony, not, not a whole lot. They're not sure. Mm -hmm. poking fun at it they're listening to it honestly and uh it's pretty inspiring and morgan is a little bit of a peek into that world for the older dudes in the band you know he's like mm -hmm. a conduit and now i think about it the new york scene was never that great for hard rock no so it wasn't that, so it wasn't that difficult never. for the, the few to find <laughs> each mm -hmm. other uh but now there's some young bands i'm keeping my eye on and it's cool it's starting to yeah happen. I, I, I've kind of noticed that myself. A lot of bands out of Brooklyn and just in general around old New York City. Yeah, there's a good scene coming out of there. Um, and yeah, I, I grew up there myself, and there was nothing hard rock or metal really based. It was more hardcore of a, a punk scene, you know, that, yeah. that New York has always been about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, I still like New York as a base. I like being close to Europe, and mm -hmm. maybe the globe shrinks. That is even more apparent. That sure. I feel like we're connected to England and and uh, Europe, where a lot of the, let's call it back then, the stoner audience kind of really came into life. You mm -hmm. know, West Coast and Germany, Holland. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it circulates in New York. Maybe people are feeling it. Uh, or the fact that 
TV and our ilk have been around now for an entire generation. Absolutely. Also, uh, you're mm-hmm. Earthless, uh, mm-hmm. Monster Magnet, or Godfathers of the scene now. Before they were the upstarts. I know. Playing at CBs it's... on the Tuesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. No, it's true. Atomic, Atomic Bitch Wax, another one, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys, you know. Um, well, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about TP. Now you mentioned it, you know, and, um, you know, as I was saying, you know, Morgan can shred and speaking of shredded, you know, I mean, you know, you, uh, just let the people not that don't understand, don't know you are the owner and leader of TP records, which is a legendary hard rock label out of New York for the last 30 years. I mean, Stoner Rock wouldn't be where it is today without a label like that. And uh, although there are a bunch of labels these days that do focus on that seventies stoner doom metal sound, there's still one thing to me that sets you guys apart from the rest, from what I've concluded, is if you want to be considered to be on, you know, on TP roster, you you got to be able to shred and really play your instrument, you know. And that's not a knock on the other labels or bands that might not have that type of skill set. Uh, but if you just look at the level of musicianship on TP, I mean, obviously you got you yourself and Morgan with Mirror Queen, Dave Wheeler, as we talked about, Carousel Limousine Beach, the guys from Atomic Bitchwax. Isaiah Mitchell from Earthless, who's now with the Black Crows. Josh Landau from the Shrine. I can go on all day about these. Donovan. These... Donovan has yeah. a new record in the can, finally. Okay, and Donovan does too. Okay, excellent. Fantastic. Yeah. But, I mean, it just seems to me that you just you can't be a, a band that plays, you know, fuzzy punk-laden stoner rock to be on a label like TP. you got to have a little bit more meat on the bones there. So talk about what you look for in an artist or band when you're looking to add to the TP roster. Wait for the truck to go by. Okay. <laughs> My house is kind of a construction zone, so I got no place to sit inside. Uh, okay, got um, it. First, I got to give some props to the founder of TP, uh, Tony Presedo. He had some foresight. So mm-hmm. we took over. It's me and Dave Sweet Out, which pretty much running it now. Okay. Uh, I think we took over the late 2000s. Uh, but Tony, he had he did Sleep, which isn't really showing, you know, heavy-duty, like, classic guitar solos. But he also had the, uh, the eye to, to catch uh, Graveyard. Mm-hmm. So that's a good template, I think, for what we're looking for. And we're flying mm-hmm. the flag now with more riffy bands, very guitar. I, I often say when we go to a a, a a festival, often the only guitar solos, 90% of them are from the TP bands that are there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the heavy rock mm-hmm. doesn't exactly mean that anymore. That's probably fine, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in our, in our case, yeah, we like, uh, we like riffs. Uh, bands that are classic in that nature, but have a little more novel songwriting they don't lean on the past except for the marshals come on why not oh, yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> or the oranges as the case may be mm-hmm. um but uh, enough of a foot in the past but not a slave to any kind of fashion so it, the, the musicians tend to be roadworthy mm-hmm. they're, they're showing their guitar chops and, and and as a unit from the road um rarely do we sign a, a band unseen you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but now there's, but often it's referred to now there is a underground vibe. So a lot of referrals from other bands, hey, these guys out, you know, mm-hmm. and then we'll try to throw them on a bill or something like that. Or, or if I'm at a festival, I'll make sure to haul my butt across the uh, <laughs> the grounds and, and catch a little bit mm-hmm. of them. And, but generally it's uh, nothing that's too much style over substance. So a little bit of chops, right? A sense mm-hmm. of song. Um, always helps when they're nice guys <laughs> sure. because most of the bands aren't in it for the money mm-hmm. so they got to be able to get along on the road without mm-hmm. staying in 
fancy hotels or too many nightliners, you know? Mm-hmm, sure. <laughs> it's very underground. It's getting more so now, too. Um, record sales are shrinking. They just are. Oh, yeah. Um, so the mm-hmm. bands aren't getting any big advances from us. Hardly. Hardly. Mm-hmm. Um, or probably any label. Yeah. And absolutely. So the road is important. So they got to be durable. You got to tell them they're cool. Too many times you see where a band gets to a point and then they break up right when they have the uh, little brass ring. It's like you spent time. 20 years getting ready for what? To break up? To break, yeah. So I would try to keep an eye on that tendency and hope that it, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very cool. Well, you know, I'm not really I, sure what else to say about that. Yeah, know? no, yeah. Well, because I, was, a lot of it's subjective, right? Sure. Well, yeah, of course. Either it's it like kind of rocks or else it doesn't. Well, as an underground record label, no matter how big the city is, it's all underground. So the band's got to work together. This is a microcosm tonight. Three different bands with the label from, from different places. One from the East Coast, two from the West Coast. Everybody travels a great distance to play together. They even share members. So we try to encourage that. The bands tour together, they play together. Sometimes we do uh, showcases at, at foreign festivals to give that vibe that everyone is working together. It's a family vibe, dysfunctional members and all. Um, well, I was to say is, you know, I think one of the best qualities too about the label has to do with the fact that what you guys promote is that you have a very, you know, a familial vibe in there. It's a family vibe. <laughs> Sure. And and TP really is a place where you can, you know, not only just grow as an artist, you can thrive and spend your career on, you know, your bands and projects. I mean, certain artists have had multiple bands and projects that, P, you know, TP has supported and put out over the years. I mean, most recently, obviously, we've just been talking about Dave Wheeler, obviously. Um, of course, you know, you've got connections with the high-toned son of a bitch guys and the Callous members. They were previously, you know, about years ago, put out that great yeah. record. So talk about the label's philosophy, not only musically, but in terms of that family vibe that you guys yeah. are known for. Yeah, for sure. Uh, again, a lot of times the bands refer other bands to us. Uh, and there's also little scenes. Maybe not so much in New York, but definitely when we had a lot of California bands, they they interchanged members so much. It was mind-boggling. I couldn't keep track. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was 2017. We, With the help of the Dutch government, we... I think we brought like six, seven bands over to Roadburn. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that was the uh, San Diego takeover. So all the bands were from San Diego or Oceanside. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, again, so much intermingling. It totally felt like a dysfun- dysfunctional family. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, you're not looking for, it's not pop where if a band doesn't make it or whatever that is on this level, or you don't give up and drop it. So like Dave Wheeler, Mm-hmm. You know, he carousel. They gave it a shot for a couple of years, lost some members, uh, came back, and then I think outside inside was more of a local band. Not, not too many intentions to really take it on the road very much. Mm-hmm. But then when he when he came back from Luma Beach, like, hey, come, <laughs> welcome back. You know, we'd mm-hmm. love to do something. So mostly, no bridges ever get burned, or people aren't too disappointed. I figure, and and for hard rock, people tend to be lifers too. You know, true. Mm-hmm. Are they going to retire and become real estate? Well, maybe they might. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Turn to blues guys, you know, uh, not really yeah. sure. <laughs> so, no. yes. Yeah. So the same old faces, and uh, which is great. And even on the uh, 
promotional and the uh, and the road side. Now it's been the same entities been hanging in there in Holland for Orange Factory, Roadburn people, uh, bookers that we know across Europe, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, Tone Deaf in the U.S. has handled a lot of TP bands. It ends up being the same characters there too. So like an extended extended family, you know what I mean? Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we often, for PR, it's not 100%, but we try to, uh, if we don't keep someone on retainer, we tend to let the same person handle the bands over and over, unless it's something really out of left okay. field, you know? If mm-hmm. we put out more of a pop record, okay, maybe get something else. But uh, then they become more familiar with the, it isn't just uh, a hire for three months. They get familiar with, the vibe of the label and, and the commonalities between the bands. Mm-hmm. So, so you're right. It, it is very family and, and it and extends every direction. And <laughs> I'm sure there's some tales to tell from the road. You don't want to hear what, what your misbegotten children are up to sometimes, right? Sure. And they, don't sure want, don't. And they don't want to know what the parents are up to. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> no, no doubt, man. Well, you know, the other thing too, I, I notice is that you very he- seldomly hear too many similarities with the bands on the roster. Every band really is yeah. unique and really has yeah. their own sound. I mean, obviously, they're mostly 70s-inspired hard rock, you know, bands. But, like I said, it, it pretty much ends there. I mean, when I hear Mirror Queen or The Shrine or, you know, Lecherous Gaze yeah. or Witch or whoever, I mean, these are all very unique-sounding bands. So how important is it, too, when you're signing these bands, not only do they have a, a specific level of musicianship, but they also – sound unique and different they don't just sound like a, you know another typical stoner 70s inspired band yeah uh, i mean once again usually the bands have a little bit of road underneath their belt even sometimes an ep or something so we kind of know it is a known entity so we're not totally rolling the dice thinking um that we that they're they're one-dimensional oh it's not even take a chance because mm-hmm. you think a quick listen on a demo or something it's hard to tell but if you go see them live at first blush it might sound like a Oh, just another kind of very you know sludgy band or something. Wait, there's more to it, you know, mm. or uh, or let's say more kind of psych band, a Mystic Sunship, or I remember Volcano was one of my favorite recent releases. Uh, mm. Doing more of a Afro pop thing, yeah. thrown in there with the Stoner record, excellent live, mind blowing. I wish they were had kept oh. going. So a lot of it is uh, is mixing in, yeah, a sense of yeah something very appealing on on the recording that you might get by referral or digging around but live is usually what pulls the out of the whole package for us okay you know and then you can mm-hmm. you get to see the differences you can see what the how the bands communicate on stage okay how they separate from the pack or even from the past right that's true yeah, that's true. yeah. yeah yeah no good point well you know you're, you're also really you know kenny in a really unique situation being you know, not only in a band that's on the label, which like I said, you're 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 the owner of the label as well as yeah. being a musician. How do you separate or maybe delineate being, you know, Kenny Siegel from TP Records and being Kenny Kreiser from Miraqueen, guitarist and vocals? How challenging is it going from being, you know, one to the other, being a you know music guy, musician, and then being a business owner, you know, label owner guy? Yeah, I mean, it's not that difficult. Um, the underground label world has kind of shrank we don't even have an office okay you know yeah mm-hmm. so uh day from sweet from which day sweet apple that's mm-hmm. as close as we have to an office because he does a lot of independent distribution for us and uh so he has office and a and a uh 
a loading dock and, and uh, storage up in Vermont. Okay. I hang out in New York. Uh, we have fulfillment guys for web stores in Berlin and in South Brooklyn. So okay. you put it all together, it's kind of an office. So it's not the it's not the old, uh, you know, I was going to say nine to five. That's not quite rock and roll. It used to be 10 to 11 to eight. Sure, <laughs> you don't yeah. even have that uh, structure of, of at least this level of a record label. We farm a lot of stuff out, you know, so the PR people to me, they, they're practically employees, but they're, they have, they have their offices. Um, it, and then, and Mary Queen, uh, we're not a full-time band in, in really in that kind of way. Uh, we don't <laughs> expect as much out of MQ as I would of a band that I signed. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. So, uh, we're a little older. We New York is so hard to have, uh, um, for people to get time off and things like that. Sure. Uh, maybe that's why that scene we're talking about has always been kind of rough for hard rock around here. Um, you know, so we tried to tour twice a year, go to Europe once a year, always in the studio, always writing tunes. You know, we're a hardworking band. Um, all during the lockdown, we practiced diligently, you know. Mm -hmm. We didn't take a break at all. Okay. Um, and then I have a couple other bands, too, that are only okay. local, that are only local. Okay. So I keep a, mostly it's a matter of keeping a whole creative life going. Sure. Mary Queen is part of it, and and then and then the label and and, uh, and Dave is is actually really the office manager because there's a lot of facets to the underground now, dealing with your distributor, uh, web sales, which went out went up a lot during the pandemic. No bands are touring. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I think people, I want to thank everyone that spent their share of their stimulus money at tprecords.com. <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> yeah. the back catalog, back catalog is important, right? At this point, how many, I can't even count how many records we have because some have been deleted or moved on to other labels, but probably 200 releases, you know, it's a shitload. Wow. So it's a big back catalog. That's part of it too. So mm -hmm. I guess the way we kind of managed it is, and Dave is in Witch also, you know, he's in a, one of our main bands. Mm -hmm. So you maintain your own band, um, try to pace the number of releases we have per year, even in non-pandemic years, maybe, maybe have five or six records that are full-fledged. Mm -hmm. That is with the LP and all that. During the pandemic, we bumped up the, uh, I call it the Annex, which is more digital and odds and sods and reissues and things like that. Mm -hmm. That really doesn't take uh, any... Uh, production work and you don't rely on the band to be on on the road for those sure. so we've bumped that up during the mm -hmm. pandemic okay. um so it's more like adjusting uh so you don't have to work as hard <laughs> in a way sure. it's about keeping a big balance you know mm -hmm. um when it when it gets busier is when there's a a big thing happening uh let's say desert fest or road burn when a lot of bands have to be in one place at the same time um sync it up with the pr make sure they got records to sell mm -hmm. um and dealing with yeah 30 40 different people sure but, yeah yeah well, well now that we see, we're starting to see unfortunately once again we're starting to see some of these tours getting canceled you know yeah. is that a, now of course i'm sure that's a concern too i mean but at least do you feel like you've got almost sort of a if you know a blueprint now if things do of course get yeah locked down again you, you already know what you're going to kind of kind of do to, to get you know to get through it again yeah that's for sure uh yeah. I mean, right now the biggest headache really is uh, the vinyl production. Yeah. So, if it if it's a miracle, it takes five months, but it can take six to eight. So yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to plan around that, and then the bands are invariably disappointed that hey, here's our shiny new record. Well, not 
add eight months on top of that uh yeah that three months we already needed as lead time so mm -hmm. it's almost like your brand new material will be a year old by the time you uh get to play on it, it out. yeah <laughs> yeah uh, it's crazy i know yeah. man well you know just talk about some positive news here i will just some yeah. you know, things here getting off that i mean one of the things i gotta give you know like you and dave credit for really since you guys you know took over and started running tp uh is that you really been able to keep the label steady, consistent, really, I think as strong as ever. I mean, you didn't come in, you didn't make any drastic changes. And if anything, you've added to its legacy and you've made it stronger with the signings we've been seeing over the last decade plus. I mean, talk a little bit about what you've done as, you know, as the guys that are running TP ship now to not only keep its original legacy for when it started 30 years ago, but also how you've been able to really add to it without making any changes to the philosophy or the musical direction at all uh, to TP. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's mostly we're, we operate in a in a larger universe now where let's say late 90s when when tp kind of started uh, what else was there man's ruin i mean yeah that was it you know yeah. and uh and now there's hundreds of bands so even some of our bigger hitters <clears throat> earthless uh mm. you know back then sleep and and all that um and they've gone to bigger labels uh graveyard mm -hmm. back then the bigger labels when they when they cared so right. i i think uh, we can actually be proud of that so I don't look at it as if we're a stepping stone label or a farm team, <laughs> you know, oh, what yeah, I mean? no. oh, yeah. it just proves that our taste is right. So, <clears throat> um, so that was a lot of people, you know, uh, look at these kind of bands, which is great. Uh, it means that the underground scene is healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, same goes for the festivals before there was one or none. And now there's loads. Now there's mm -hmm. 20 in Europe alone, any given spring or summer. So, um, <clears throat> If anything, uh, we're actually kind of going more along our personal taste, I would say. Okay. Um, uh, Mythic Sunship is a great example. You know, we hadn't really done the kind of a prog, mostly instrumental band. But it fit into, that was actually a band that Dave saw at Roeburn, which kind of proves my point, I think, that I'm slowly getting to, is that the definition of, of underground heavy rock has expanded. So, so, so has our taste, and we're getting older, too, you know? Sure. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, it's so niche, but yet I don't think you need to be 100% in a niche. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. we might be done. We're not doing a whole lot of uh, doom bands anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I think even yeah. those even those skull records that we we did, they had moved. To me, they're almost like a heavy rock band, uh, not so doomy as Trouble even was back in there. You know? Yeah, I know. Should be. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. If anything, I would say we're we're a little past. We're not really doing too much doom anymore. Um, mm -hmm. But otherwise, uh, whatever grabs their fancy, you know. He sure. said, "Nice guitar work." Uh, we, if anything, gets a little intentional. I like to grab one or two more East Coast bands. Okay. I feel like we're a little underrepresented. Um, maybe a few more female artists. If you're mm -hmm. out there. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Usually I don't solicit demos late on us, you know. Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, I think all that is resolving itself. There's so many good bands now. Uh, I just came back from Desert Fest, uh, Berlin. Mm -hmm. I was music was spilling out of my ears. So many great bands from mm -hmm. Switzerland and England and Scandinavia, and uh, gender was practically equally represented. Uh, a lot of guitar, but there was some other instrumentalists instrumentation happening a great band i saw from greece that was using like i, I exotic 
folk instrumentation, you know, things oh, wow. like that. Uh, okay. So I think that, yeah, the heavier underground is expanding so much that maybe one day New York will catch up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, hey, that Desert yeah. Fest there this year, so that's a big, you yeah. know, start. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, has that, did you, I mean, was, how big, well, how big do you think having something like that is now? Because now it's finally, I mean, it started obviously with Psycho Fest. You know, you've got even Ripple yeah. Fest. They get there, you know, that label does their yeah. thing down in Texas. So we are finally starting to see a lot of festivals for, the, for this heavy rock stuff, which for years we only saw happen in Europe. So it is nice to finally see here happen. Yeah. States, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, they always had like Maryland Doom Fest and things like that. Mm -hmm. But it was definitely yeah. for the heavy end, not as, uh, didn't have the European sensibility or, or the new expanded version of the underground. Um, mm -hmm. Psycho, that's bigger than maybe anything New York can pull off. I think. Sure, let's well, morph uh, into something totally different now too. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ideal place to do it, Las Vegas. There's hotel rooms, things like it that. Is. That's what's yeah. tough about New York is uh, getting Desert here and, and stay. Yeah, that it, yeah. it is prohibitive. Um, but Desert Fest is a, is a good size. Um, it started off with a, a nice bang, I thought, mm -hmm. uh, in nineteen, and then yeah. just couldn't just couldn't do the follow up. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure they're going to do another one. We, we helped. We were part of it a little bit, but a very modicum of of helping with the planning. Mm -hmm. So I know a little what they're up to, and I, I'm pretty sure there'll be another uh, edition sure. next year. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, I hope so too. I mean, I guess I just hope they continue with these festivals because it's been a. It's been huge for here in the States, you know, it's just great yeah. to see, you know, we haven't seen it for years. So just getting back, Kenny, now to, to Miraquee, I mean, what's the plan now with the band to promote the record? Are you guys going to, you know, play some shows? Obviously, I know you, you've got, you know, shows lined up, you know, locally. Yeah. Anything you're planning to do in terms of any festivals or any kind of touring or anything? Uh, looks like there's a little tour happening early August, just in Chicago and back. Okay. Um, and then just going to gear up for Europe. Uh, Nothing solidified, but uh, now that unless another you know pandemic keeps continuing, um, uh, there's some talk about what to do in Europe next year. So probably late spring, and uh, go there for a month or so. Uh, maybe maybe with a whole bunch of TP bands, keep the family vibe going. We've we've done that before. Um, we throw a bunch of people on a nightliner and you know. Like a roving uh, showcase, basically. Very cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's probably most likely what will happen in early uh, early spring 2023 for Mary Queen. And who knows who else on the label? Mm -hmm. um, um, and then, uh, as I said, we were diligent during lockdown. Me and Morgan pretty much had the next record written. Really? Wow. <laughs> and, Damn. And, and, okay. and most of it's recorded. And that was, uh, wow. and the record came out, what, two weeks ago, right? Yeah. So that's how it goes, you know? Wow. Yeah. That's great, <laughs> we're, man. Yeah. We're not having little uh, discussions every practice how many new new tunes to include in the set mm -hmm. when we haven't even toured on the new record yet. Jeez, yeah. But, but as I said, the record, the songs are now two years old for us, you know, and every band goes through that. Yeah. But, but so I think they need to be. Yeah. You're probably itching to kind of do some new stuff just because like yeah. I said, it's been there for two years already. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. But we'll, we'll play one new tune on tour. I think again, look forward to going to Chicago and back. Uh, okay. Our, uh, our booking agent just had a little baby girl. So I haven't heard from her in a week, but I'm pretty okay. sure we're, we're going to Chicago back to Chicago and back in a month. Sweet. And, and, yeah. 
but just keep them busy, you know, and the, um, Morgan is also in multiple bands. Um, okay. Uh, Mer Queens, you know, our number one band in each for each person. Uh, but now the record is out, get some touring. We're going to pay a little bit of attention to our other bands too. Not to the detriment, you know, but it's too, it is the bigger picture. I have a power pop band, which I love a lot. Okay. It kind of helps hone the, the arrangement ideas. And, and, uh, and then I also, we have a, uh, an acoustic band as well. Oh, okay, cool. So then you can, then you can think about vocal harmonies and, uh, how traditionally you really want to be. Mm-hmm. So it's all cool. big ball of wax. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're, you're not, you're not short of doing anything, uh, of being bored. I should say that between yeah, the and your, and your uh, bands looks like you got your plate full all yeah. the time. Man. Yeah. And I do want to put a plug in on, uh, some of the things we were hoping, uh, bands were going to be working on new material. I think they will. So which was doing some recording lately. It's been a while for them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they live in not only different time zones, they live in different hemispheres, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, one guy in Australia, a lot of West Coast, and and then the rest East Coast. So, so they they did a, I think nine days of basic track recording just after Roadburn. So, and then as I mentioned earlier, uh, Donova has a record nice. in the can finally. All right. I, I am beyond stoked for them. They're they're just yeah. one of my favorite bands, no matter what. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, they're enough of a perfectionist. So I know it's. I well, I've heard the tracks. They're great, but they don't polish it to death they they keep it so raw and great um and fluent so mm-hmm. look for them okay and um and i'm sure bitchwax is working on those guys are the most prolific record band going you know oh, as yeah. far as records Phenomenal it's band. almost like clockwork every every year and a half they write a new one every two years a new record comes out you know yeah <laughs> which, which is great because i know for a while they did take uh, some time off there you know some years back yeah. and it's good to see them putting out music consistently because they're yeah they're yeah. they're one of a kind band man especially live there's nothing yeah. like watching those yeah, yeah. riffomatic yeah. and for them oh, yeah. it's, just, it's usually a matter of scheduling around monster magnet and whenever they can they jump mm-hmm. on it and they make the most of it mm-hmm. um and then my last uh bit of news is maybe uh the skull nothing too concrete to uh talk about but after the unfortunate death of eric wagner they mm-hmm. reconvened they they he had written and read a lot of lyrics and, and they had new material ready for a third record on TP. And, uh, and then they did a birthday tribute in Chicago last month. And it seems like there's some traction to turn into a real project. Okay. So, so I'd say people keep an eye on that. And, and there, that's pretty much the whole world of TP, you know, All right. <laughs> off the top, off the top of my head. So, Nice. Not staying, not staying idle. Yeah, sure. No, never. Not TP, man. Well, thanks for. I appreciate you giving us that news. A lot of yeah. fans will appreciate to hear that. So once again, Inviolates, a new full length from New York's Mirror Queen, out now on TP Records. So Kenny, yeah. where can the viewers and listeners go to check out, you know, the band's music, merch, and just to keep up with the band in general, and as well as for TP as well. <laughs> yeah, head to the TP Records website. <laughs> okay, that's the best place. Uh, another pandemic project was uh, I have. Someone is building us out a really beautiful professional uh, Mirror Queen website, okay. but uh, that'll be ready soon. But uh, we're, yeah, we're keeping stuff pretty consolidated on TP. And again, our our, uh, our uh, web store, we keep the prices fair and the shipping fair. That's mm-hmm. why we we keep uh, a lot of stock in Berlin. So you have to pay thirty dollars shipping for a twenty four dollar record for our European fans. Mm-hmm. So pretty much everything. TPRecords.com, I'm sure 
Okay. Everybody awesome. can find what they want. Great. Yeah. Or go catch it. Or or go catch a band on the road. They need I'm the sure. money. <laughs> <laughs> True. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, we 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 do it all the time. We we definitely promote people going out, seeing the shows, buying yeah. records. Because if if people don't support the bands, then the, I mean, the stuff's going to go away. So it's it takes a, a village for everyone to kind of contribute. That's to, sure. Uh, you know, the the whole hard rock community, and yeah. Fantastic. Well, once again, inviolate the new full length yeah. from Mira Queen and Kenny. Man, we appreciate you uh, coming on, talking everything TP and Mira yeah. Queen, man. And um, you know, thanks again. We'll uh, hope to see you on the road soon with with the band. You know, indubitably. Yeah. Guys. Thanks a lot. It was, it was a great chat. Thanks for having me, and thanks yeah. to everyone for listening. Yeah. Appreciate awesome. it.